Hey, this is Danielle Harris, and when I'm not combing the swamps for killers, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And remember, genius, 500 feet. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that knows and appreciates the lure and value of double scoops my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're heading to haddonfield for the remainder of the month and we begin by talking 1988's halloween 4 the return of michael myers and whether or not you believe in the boogeyman you can listen into our show Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your by the book hole. <laughs> and if you are uh, booking it out on the social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and Halloween shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, October 8th, if you head over to Screenland.com, they've got your Halloween shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And if we're talking shenanigans, yes, our latest Friday Night Fright that uh-huh. is going to be playing that uh, October 8th. Yes. You, shenanigans. You, whoops, whoops, rough, uh, horseplay shenanigans. Horseplay. Just pop, pop gun shenanigans. Ooh, banjo dog foo. Needless to say, a lot is covered in A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> uh, critically reevaluated, obviously, the documentary, the Scream Queen documentary with Mark Patton helped. And, we're, and worth four points if you're doing a uh, Guess the Actor Alphabet. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's all over the place. Now, but the next Friday, we have to plug it. A film that just basically recently came up on both of our radars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it in our January episode when we did The Wide World of Weird. But from 1981, <laughs> we're going to be talking Possession. <laughs> and Classy, squiddly, diddly. It, it is. It is. It's. Um, I know it's going to be very divisive. <laughs> I cannot wait to experience in a theater. I think if you go back to the episode, I was like, I need to experience it in a theater. I need to see other people react to it. This is a nervous laugh that I'm laughing actually right now because it's not like you know, I'm. I was even telling Greg off mic like I'm hesitant about this Friday Night Frights <laughs> because I know that I'm going to be embarrassed and I'm probably going to ruin somebody's experience. I might be pulling a Max Caddy. As long as you're not smoking in there, we're going to be fine. We're going to provide some context, so it's appropriate to watch a movie and see it like Genius would, and it's appropriate to view and see a movie like I would. There's no wrong way. Right. We, well, you know what the movie is about, though, right? Uh, just stop. Just stop right there. We'll save it for that. Now, the other uh, indoor repertory horror screenings that are going on that weekend of the 8th, uh, a gateway kid-friendly film, uh, Henry Selleck's Coraline, which... Yeah, kid friendly maybe. It is bigger kid friendly. It's definitely gateway. Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely. Some terrifying existential stuff going on in there. And speaking of terrifying and existential, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond will be playing. The movie is so good. 
I love that movie. That's like one of my first like major big bites of Italian cinema, and like it still holds up. I mean, between the melting and the spiders, the ending the... is still one of my favorites. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it is. It's so good. Uh, also, another one from the '90s. We have the craft plane. Yeah. Ooh, we are the weird ones. I saw that movie in the theater and still enjoy that movie. Well, and is it, was that kind of that you went for one thing and then came out for the other? No, I went in for like, honestly, I was like, okay, there's a spooky movie with like spooky goth girls. I'm down for that, you know? So like check and check. And I wound up like really enjoying it because like, yeah, spo- it, it's spooky. Because it's a good movie. and It is. Deal breaker at any point? No. Okay. Not once. Okay. Not once. And then, of course, a film that actually just won this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Just hold on to your balloons. Exactly. Exactly. I'm telling you, I need that health care. <laughs> Jenny Ugator, as your out-of-care nurse, you could go no worse. Now, mm-hmm. if you're not ready to party indoors for the Halloween shenanigans, that Friday outdoors... A movie that actually plays very well in October to transition into Thanksgiving, Adam's Family Values. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm telling you, it's a great movie. It's a great little sequel. Well, and then on the, the following Saturday, on the 9th, another one that is, it hit me at the right time when I saw it the first time because I was really full of myself reading a, reading philosophy but not understanding the philosophy. So I tried to project that on because it was the baggage I brought at that time. Donnie Darko. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that movie, but like the director's cut ruined it for me. And like it kind of took away some of the mystique, mm-hmm. but I definitely view it different than I did when I first saw it. I'm like, this movie is so profound. I mean, it's a good movie, but like I pro- I totally see it 100% different than I did when back in the day. And would you say you had hungry eyes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, wait. I'm sorry. That was from Dirty Dancing, not Patrick Swayze himself. But that's like the wind. To my dreams. There we go. <laughs> now, if you are outside of the Kansas City area and you'd like to support Screenland, uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where they have a number of films that you can rent directly from them, or you can become a member of their film family by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland. And a number of the perks include uh, access to their podcast and a few watch parties of which Genius and I put together. In fact, our next shutter shout-out. We'll be releasing on October 30th. Mm-hmm. Just in time for Halloween. It's our Halloween Hayseed Hootenanny. We're going to show two scary movies with a backwoods spin, and it's going to be fantastic. We're showing the classic Stephen King, Hide the Parents Away because this movie is fucked up, Children of the Corn, Malachi, and then we're going to... Hang out just before dawn, all up in your face. So a recent watch was just before dawn for both of us, and Mm -hmm. I have not gone back to the OG Children of the Corn because they've extrapolated since then. I think there's probably about 15 of those in the uh, franchise. Linda Hamilton's in that, is she not? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's like, that's my, I've seen that at this point to that. Now, of course those are streaming on Shudder, but by having, uh, becoming a member of the Screenland Film Family and access to our Shudder shout-out, you're going to have access to an exclusive pre-show introduction by Genius and myself, customized trailers, and a post-film discussion where we usually try to, um, you know, just uh, figure out what we just experienced. Right, right. Regardless. Baby doesn't walk. <laughs> so if that sounds like that's up your alley, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But Genius, if we're talking uh, film family and Patreon. E-bellies. 
we have our own little weird film family at Patreon. And a special shout out to a number of our film family members that came out for our seventh Nerdoween Horror Movie Marathon. Can you believe it? No, actually, I can't. Right? Right? It, it feels like October should be done at this point. Yeah. Having that, you know. And it doesn't feel like seven years either. No, it doesn't. That's, you know? It's because, again, we're getting old. But a shout out to Bobby, Charles, Lauren, Chad, Julie, Dustin, Diana, Joel, Mark, and Jim for heading out. And then hopefully, I think they had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I do want to talk a little bit about that, but before we do, I want to go ahead and introduce our uh, guest here on the show. We usually wait until we got in, we get into the uh, the movie itself, but because this individual was at our latest Nerdoween, I definitely wanted to make sure that we had his insight there. Good, good eye. See, and that's why we bring this guy in here. Uh, you know him as the host of the Horrorversary podcast. He is the uh, editor-in-chief over at BoomHowdy.com, and he is the president of the Kansas City Film Circle. He can also, he's a man who enjoys the thrill of the hunt and the taste, the taste of, of the, the shunt. shunt. Please welcome back, Adrian Torres. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. That was all him. That was all I him. Know. I know. I know. I, I was trying to praise you as uh-huh. the wonderful individual that you are. Yeah. And he's 100% right. Uh-huh. I mean, like, everything you said is all true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to uh, sit here and stew uh, for a minute. I mean, th- that's definitely the sweet and uh, as about the goopiest sour that you could you could possibly have. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to think that since you came into both of our lives, you know, genius provides a little bit of the sour and I try to provide a little bit of the sweet. So that's why we yeah. go best hand in hand. Well, I was also going to like, if, it, if we weren't going to do the thrill of the shine, I was also thinking about a man who enjoys a good ride in a doom baggy. See, I'm, I'm better with that. You know? Oh, I'm sure you're better than that. I'm, right? I'm, yeah, I'm much better than that. Well, There'll be no I, trouble. Exactly. You know? Now now she's with us. Well, we realized it's a shame that while Donald Pleasance got to work with Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer, <laughs> that Lucio Fulci didn't get to make a movie with those two. Right. Boom! And just eyeballs pop out. Now, now of course, if, if people uh, want a little side companion to your wonderful little stabbing in, in, in the side and to, to hear the longer <laughs> story, which I, has been told in bits and pieces over the year... Uh, you know, on here, of course, I do have to to shout out um, the Scarred for Life yep. uh, podcast. If you go back to, I believe it was March of this year, somewhere around there, you just put in Scarred for Life in Society, and uh, you'll see me as the guest and giving these gentlemen the the shout out they deserve for for some uh, some pain that they caused uh, back I'm, in the day. I'm not saying that we specifically programmed a marathon. Just to mess with you, uh-huh. but we may have done that just to mess with yeah, you. Yeah, I so know. We may have made you know. sure. Yeah, but the the thing was, everyone else had a good time, it, and for about twenty minutes, I had a had terrible a time. time. <laughs> well, no, you and and you and Dustin. I'm surprised you guys didn't like walk on the hall. Nah, I'm gonna go get some popcorn. Well, but they bring my, it to you. I'm gonna go out and get some popcorn. My, my favorite thing about that uh, dismember the Alamo, of course, is because we we had the the short little like 10 minute gap mm-hmm. between everything. So, you know, I'm talking to people and everything in between and, and I'm like, you know what? I really need to go to the bathroom. Cause of course, dismembered, just like these gentlemen in Nerdoween, you don't know what the movies are going to be until they end up doing their yakety schmackety and then introducing it. The moment that I walk back into the theater is when 
is when Greg and Genius go, society. And I'm walking in and literally did a cartoon heel turn and started to walk out. And Greg goes, no, 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 Adrian, Adrian. Was there not also a little God damn it? Yes. I, I, or yes. like a fuck. You, know, just, <laughs> just, you could just see shoulders slump. Fucking the wind was taken out of you. And just then you get the Christmas time. Right? <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a great moment of interactive theater for everyone else. Well, and like I said, it was occasionally there are those moments where you realize that we're doing something for one person <laughs> in particular. And that was it was it was a magical moment because yes, I guess I wasn't fully aware yeah. of the trauma behind it <laughs> until that episode. Yeah. And I, I had some residual guilt come in because, of course, I was raised Catholic, but... My apologies. No, it's okay because it was because it, it it added to, of course, the the famous moment that we had. Literally, I think it was. I'm trying to do the math in time and how things work. So that was would have been in October, of course, and it was the end of January at that um, Panic Fest that Greg and I were there for um, when they had uh, Dr. Rebecca McKendry. And Albert Kane were there. The body horror. And they were doing body horror. And I, <laughs> and Greg's sitting next to me as they get to number one. And they announce that it's society. And I just drop my head to my side. And, and Greg literally reached out his hand for a moment. <laughs> but but while he was patting my back, I could still hear him have that little Greg snort there will. that came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, And I fe- it felt very much akin to that moment in Return of the Living Dead when James Karen kind of gives Freddy that little pat like, it's going to be okay. I had that <laughs> moment for you because... Yes. We knew what was coming. Oh, yeah. Because right. at that point, that hadn't been discussed. I almost was like, I had my society contingency plan in place yeah. just in case. Like, <laughs> that's how much this movie follows you around. Oh, yeah. To the point where we did it as a part of our Shutter shout out. And your ears may have been ringing that night we yep. recorded because in the intro and the post film, we had. No, anytime, it's okay. It's, it's out of love. It's, it's out of love. That's what I know. And that's it. That's just it. It's always loving. Now, yeah, it's just, just as much love <laughs> as Michael has for Jamie. Yes. Oh, yes. Familiar it's a, bonds. It's a familiar thing. But speak, oh, speaking of film family and all the people that attended Nerdoween, you were also in attendance. Oh, you have to come out to Nerdoween. Which to see you and Emmy out there was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was awesome and wonderful. And it was just a reminder of how much I do miss the weekly interactions we used to have. Yeah. And also how much I miss just kind of kicking back and letting someone else do things and run things. <laughs> but but our, our theme that we did for Nerdoween was... Super, Super Seven Cinema. Cinema. Now that it has been and it has gone, we can reveal the lineup. Uh, of course, for anyone that wasn't here or doesn't follow us on social media, uh, we kick things off with 1991's Popcorn. What a delightful movie! And so much, so much reggae. I had, so much reggae. It. I was, I was waiting for. I was waiting for Arnold. Boom, boom, boom. I was I was humming the songs in the lobby at at a certain point. I was just waiting for Fire Marshal Bill. Do you know how to ska? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. See, that was the only downside with having it on Friday. Is if you if you moved it one day more, it would have worked pr- perfect for Saturday night at the movies. Who cares what we you see? Boom! 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 <laughs> Needless to say, I think it played pretty well. Did it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when was the last time that you had actually imbibed popcorn? Oh, it it had been a while. I want to say that around maybe a decade. It, okay, it had been good. like a long time. And in any time that, at least not necessarily a movie that you've seen, yeah. or at least if it's been a while with Adrian, that's usually a badge of honor because again, this <laughs> is the man no movie can kill, and he's seen a lot. And I haven't watched popcorn since I saw it on. It was a USA yeah. up all night screening. It was for me like a Commander USA. So it felt. So fresh, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I, I it was actually I, I a really think, nice surprise. I think the audience was the audience was extremely into it, 
but they were even more into it with because you guys do the the pre-shows and everything and you got the trailers to set it up and the very first trailer that you put on was demons mm-hmm. and, and so then that fight i was like, like who who's bracket did that just fuck yeah up? you could hear everybody in the audience just go oh because they had they were like oh, it, it made it even more exciting because they were like, sure we that demons yeah. was gonna play exactly and, and that's half the battle i'd say 70 percent we're probably seeing popcorn for the first time oh yeah. no 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 maybe more? by 80 okay yeah. now the next two movies well the next film that we saw was the <laughs> first time viewing for you yeah and it was one I missed out during the Panic Film Festival, but I watched it here at home, and just immediately upon when that scene hits, and there's that scene, I was like, I need to see this in a theater. Wait, and so you hadn't seen it before? Uh-uh. So you got your nuts popped for the first time? Yeah, so I got a big old heap and helping of mangled dick. <laughs> and we did give the the, the hanging dong tr- uh, you know, trigger warning yeah. uh, with that that we usually try to when we can, because although we did find out with, with pieces... Surprise dong that is hung is even sweeter for the audience because <laughs> we did hear people. But with porno, what do you think of it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was funny and like it, it. It was an interesting twist, and I don't mean that in the like mangled dick way. <laughs> now, but no, it was fun and like, yeah, I kind of want to summon a succubi too. That sounds kind of rad. But like, well, all we you know, which go to the stray the stray cat theater. I guarantee you, they're going to play something that is one of those arty arty films. Charlie, get down! Hey, Charlie, Charlie, get down, sweetie. Push her, just push her down. Push her down. Charlie, I'll I'll take care of her. Uh, So yeah, first timer for porno there. (laughs) But actually, about ninety percent of the audience seen popcorn. Eighty percent now. The last movie, I think, all but. You and Oren have seen that movie? Yes, yes. Okay, so you have seen that movie before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd seen it, because it was one of those where I guess, I'm, 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 if I'm allowed to to do a, a slight peek behind the curtain when it mm-hmm. came to that that movie, and that I may have been reached out to. Oh, I for... completely did, because <laughs> this was one that Jay and I, Genius and I had never, and both had never seen, so we always are a little anxious mm-hmm. if we haven't vetted it. But I didn't want to spoil myself as well. Yeah. And I reached out to Adrian. I was like, hey, what do you know about anguish and this and that? And he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because I, I was a- actually able to to cite and send him a, a screenshot of directly part of a, a review that I did for The Last Matinee, which at the time that this is dropping, the, la- <laughs> the Last Matinee just happens to be coming out. But in, in there, I literally mentioned that uh, because the movie takes place in a theater, I'm like, if you're going into that, you're going into kind of hollowed ground where you're you're going up against movies like Popcorn, like Demons, and mm-hmm. and like Anguish, and Anguish, oh my goodness, Anguish, <laughs> Jesus, with Zelda Rubinstein with her doing the eyes, Johnny. What, what got me? What there was two things that I took away from that movie that just blew my mind on how weird it was, and even if it wasn't even the, the twist at the end or that it was a movie. A signature movie, but one the way Michael Lerner eats bananas and milk, oh. <laughs> the fact that he put it in a cup, he sliced the banana with the fork, put it in a cup, poured milk, and ate it with the fork, and then just shoveled it in, and then he drank out of that like weird piston decanter? fucking decanter of yeah. oil and shit. It gave me some dead alive custard. Oh, vibes. it was uh-huh. gross. It was, and it's just bananas and milk. You, they, there's nothing really gross about bananas and milk. Well, but you put the two together and eat it with a fork. It's fucking nasty. You know what the problem is? Is that you didn't you didn't center yourself. You need 
You need to breathe. Rain from the blood rushing to your head, down to your heart, it's and power. back up again. You need power. to eat and get nutrients. And this is the other thing that got me. <laughs> when she steps on the snail, and it does that 360 shot with the fucking birds and the snails, and she's freaking out. That is burned into my brain. <laughs> that and the eating. But then again, like the blood rushing, bring me their ass. Uh, Mammy McPoyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. I'm pretty sure that the mommy could have been changed to the McPoyles. Right. And you'd have the same film. <laughs> it was a nice surprise. And With it w- the milk and everything. You're right. It would be. It would, be it would totally be the, the room temperature milk. Right. Maybe anguish. Maybe they're McPoyles. Because we never learned their last names. So, it might be McPoyles. This might be fucking canon. We so, all, for all we know. So it would have been a little bit too much had we, he been eaten in a robe when he was doing that. No, that would have been. That would have been burnt. Well, you know what? Theoretically, he did a lot of his slaughter in fucking that um, doctor's coat, the lab yeah. coat. So that it could count as a robe in a way, but. Bring me their ass. Well, and having just recently watched opera for the first time, there's another moment where that scene from It's Always Sunny with Poppy McPoyle and the <laughs> bring me his eyes would totally work in there. It was a nice surprise, but I think I think probably about half the people dug it, and then I think a lot of half the people were like, oh, that was it. You know, because there was definitely that an escalation. That was a movie. Yeah. There, I mean, we got, that was either the, that movie was fucking great or like that was a movie. Well, and we usually, a lot of the times, like, I immediately had, like, programmer, like, remorse after that, because I was like, oh, Popcorn's trailer should have been, like, Possessor, and, uh, you know, all of this and that, but do you think we did the right order? Occasionally, we'll, I'll have, like, oh, we should have played this, this, and then this. Are you feeling good on that there? I think we should. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, because if we would have put Anguish in the middle, it would have thrown off. I'm glad we opened with Popcorn. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we would have moved anguish in the middle, I think it might have. You know what? I think that might have been good to have like the what the fuck buffer, yeah, and then and go then into go porno into, into like and in the in the night with mangled dick, because usually that's how yeah, it goes. That's true. I, I that's think true. It, I think it it depends on how you want want to play. How you want to play I, it. I, I think yeah. that the way it went worked really well. Yeah, at the same the time, what the fuckery ending of it. Yeah. Or or you inverse it and you have anguish be the first one to throw everybody off, and so they they, they don't know what's going to happen, and then you have something like wow porno in there to to have it be more kind of lightning, sure you know, and, and having be slightly more straightforward, you know, and but people are and getting then, some laughs in there, and then a fan favor for the end, exactly, and then you have the big gangbusters and everything for Man. for like the late night showing that is popcorn. Wow, see, yeah. See? Either way, there's no wrong there's no wrong way for Nerdoween. No, no. Well, it's good. It's good. Hopefully, I think most people reacted well to most of the movies. Yeah, I think only a few people came out. So, <laughs> and unfortunately, nobody wanted our eyes. So that's a good sign. Well, I did pass out the eyeball candy beforehand, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. It sh- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for next Nerdoween, Phantasm Ravenger. Boo. <laughs> That's what I was saying boo earned. <laughs> of course you were. No, I very very happy and thankful that we had a, a nice turnout. And again, a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. But a lot of new ones as well, which hopefully we didn't scare them away. <laughs> and but uh, we're already thinking about next year's at this point. Halloween oh, 8. 
And Genius already is like, A-T-E, I'm all for the puns. I got eight, <laughs> nine, and ten. I mean, with just puns. And I think I was like, okay, now these are joke ones. They're fun. They're joke ones. And here's theme one. And so, like, yeah, no. I got, mm. <laughs> Well, needless to say, there are a number of other things that are coming up in the month of October uh, at Screenland, and you can have access to that and a whole lot more by joining our film family by going to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. And this this episode, we're 300 episodes in, and we have not talked about Halloween 4. I mean, we've talked about it, but we've never devoted an episode to it. Didn't we do a commentary? We did not. We've done parts one, two, three, and just one, two, and three. No, because it was in madness. Yeah, yeah, it did come up. That's yeah, right. We, so we haven't. Upon yeah, it. we haven't done a full episode. That's crazy. I know, I know. Well, I'm glad though that when we, if a film, especially one that is beloved by a lot of people, I like it when we can bring in a guest on this one. And uh, before we even get into Halloween four, just the Halloween franchise itself, you know, what it's meant. Adrian, do you remember your first encounter with any of the Halloween films? I see. I was trying to think about that recently because of when, because I was born in 83. So that it's kind of the weird period in there, because of course, you know, when you've got the, the second ones coming out and then everything changes when you have the third, because you technically don't have a Michael Myers one. And then you've got, this is 88 for, Mm -hmm. for this one. So I don't remember Seeing number four, but I, like when it came out, definitely not. But I, I vaguely remember watching like four and five when five came out, and I, so like that that was the the introduction. Because back at the time, even though you had the video stores, it, it depended upon what you had access to, and so while you would want to start, you know, with, with number one and two and everything, and going through that, is it it became what you had available. Yeah. So. That, that's that's why I remember four and five being kind of the the entry point that's in there, and I think that's part of the reason why I've had a fondness for for number four for years and years and years. And did you by any chance see it in the theater? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was my first in the theater Halloween. Was it? Yeah, and so I loved one and two, and at the time I didn't understand three as much. Sure, <laughs> but I dug it because I was like, those kids' faces are terrariums, and I thought that was cool, but. <laughs> Because I've, I've always liked that. But four, well, I was like, okay, cool. I get to see a Michael Myers movie in the theater. And I was dumbfounded how good it was. I always have enjoyed that movie. And like I think it's like Daniel Harris. It, well, and, and just like my journey. And then, then, yeah, before we get creeps and nostalgia. Well, it's, no, it's not necessarily. Because, again, you grew up. You were the same age as yeah, Daniel Harris. I was the exact same age as Daniel Harris. So she was my audience surrogate. So I'm in this movie watching it. Because even littler, I'm watching, okay, the babysitter. I would, when I first was introduced Halloween, it would be like Tommy Jarvis yeah. at that age. So they were my surrogate. And so you get at that time and you have uh, Daniel Harris, who, like again, my age being threatened and chased after by Michael Myers, who was already scary, and the reason why I went to the movie in the first place, and the <laughs> fact that I'm like, wow, she's my age, and she's really cute, and she's going to be in trouble, and like the fact that she fucking killed this part. I remember, oh, yeah. I've always enjoyed this movie, and so I'm like, yeah, this I'll go to bat for this one. It, well, it also gives you that, that nowadays, the, the beautiful quartet symmetry, in that you have the first movie in 78, You've got this one in 88, you've got H2O in 98, and then in 2018, you have that. So moving forward, every time you have a year that's an eight, 
you're celebrating four Halloween anniversaries. And we often talk about, in fact, your podcast itself celebrates those movies that make it a full 10 years, that full decade, and people are still talking, and they just continue to grow legs, expand their audience. Uh, This entire franchise is fascinating because of Halloween 2018, the variety of ways that you can watch it. In fact, Mm -hmm. the distinct... The timelines, the multiple dimensions, however you want to classify them. It used to say Friday the, the Michaelverse. <laughs> well, and that's just it. The, the exp- expanded Michaelverse or the, the Mike and Multiverse. It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy because if you were to tell a normie that there were multiple ways, like they would just assume you would just start with the original Halloween, mm-hmm. make your way forward, and it would tell a coherent story. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stories, so one of my co workers. <laughs> There's a meme going around like, okay, your guide to Halloween, and it basically shows the different timelines and how you can do that. And he sent me a picture of it. And he goes, okay, is it this complicated? Is it really? Because he, he's not, he's a normie, right? Yeah. And he goes, is this just really this complicated for this series? And like, how do you explain that? Can you explain it to me? And I'm like, okay. Yes, it is It is that complicated, and actually more so. And then, like, okay, so if I wanted to watch the new one that's coming out, do I need to watch any of the others? Only number one. Only number one. Well, should I watch the others? Yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you should. Well, And that's the perspective, I think, that can get lost with, especially us, because we are so well-seasoned and we watch this stuff year-round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to be intimidating for someone to come into a franchise that has so many films... So it, many different directions, it, so many different styles. Yeah, it's like being dropped into the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. at, like, Thor Ragnarok. And like, okay, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? Well, see, okay, and this might be a loaded question for you guys, but but I'm very curious because we're, of course, on the cusp of the new yes. uh, Halloween film mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got, we're already mentioning that there's different branching ways and to do it. So if you're to watch this new way that it's going with the way we have it, you would say, of course, you have to do 1978, the original Halloween, mm-hmm. need to do 2018. Even though it technically isn't really in there, how do you feel about number two? We know that it's technically going to be slightly different, possibly, with, with things in, in Halloween Kills. Right. But it's, because th- that's been an argument for a bit for the last couple of years online, is is do you ignore or do mm-hmm. you, you still watch number two? Oh, I am full on. I am say number two is canon because, like, just take out, like, just take out the fact, you know, you can even, like, um, retcon it like they're doing with this one. Like, oh, no, they're not really related. And it would still work. It's still Michael Myers fucking shit up in a hospital. I think it it works perfectly. You can watch one, two, 18 Mm -hmm. and be fine. So, yeah, no, I think two fits. I'm all for part two. Uh, In fact, when you look at like the fact that there are technically three part twos in mm-hmm. this franchise now <laughs> that you could maybe somehow extrapolate from the original, that in itself is confusing. Yeah. But it, I think the most unfortunate thing is that they, you, it, this, the, the back catalog, you know, the various timelines, they're never ignored or forgotten. We adore them. But then you've got these people that, you know, Halloween 2018 was probably their first Halloween. Yeah. And where do they go from there? You know, right. ideally the original, uh, maybe Rob Zombies, because we know a lot of people that that Rob Zombies Halloween <laughs> they that, fun, is their, that is their Halloween, well, and they well, love it and will defend it. It's it, see, and that's the the weird thing about it for the people who are of the contingent of watching one of the Rob Zombie movies. It's in the last I think five six years, maybe a little bit longer than that. It's Halloween one, no for them. 
Halloween 2 for Rob Zombie is the one that's overtaken that first one. Is that you have lots of people who are like, no, ignore, skip the first one, watch the director's cut of the second one. <laughs> Hop see, on that white horse. There's, there's a lot of contingency about that. I mean, I see a lot of growing contingency how one is, or part two is misunderstood and underrated and actually better than part one. Yeah. And I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been burned. I didn't. I didn't care much for part one, so I was like, yeah, "I'm cool." I part two. like it only because I think it's more true to what he would do with a Halloween film, yeah. And versus what he did with the original. With the See, original then I'm remake. down to check it out. Then I mean, like hell, I probably might sing its praises. <laughs> You'd be surprised. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You go on the internet. That's the one that you're going to find more mm-hmm. people talking about. And usually, when you find an article that's talking about the second one, they're like, "You can, you don't have to watch his first one." Well, and you know what? Eventually, given enough time, someone is going to devote you know an entire think piece to Halloween Five. You know the return, uh, the revenge of Michael Myers. You know Anya, Anya Stanley. You know anything for number six. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, there are people out there where it is their favorite, and that's what I legitimately love about genre and horror, mm-hmm. and that they will defend that uh, that movie oh, yeah. to you know it's it. But I think ideally, for the most part, Halloween Four had so much on its shoulders. The fact that it was this course correction. It had been six years since Halloween three came out. The return of Michael Myers. <laughs> anytime, anytime it says return of something, you best bring the goods. Return of the King. It brought some goods. You know what I'm saying? Return of Michael Myers. It best bring some goods. And you know what? I think this one did. Oh, with without a doubt. And I think the reason that it still holds up is because, for me, it's almost like a remake of the '78 version in an '80s aesthetic, mm-hmm. but without some of the grace. And dignity of Carpenter and Cundy, but I'm not knocking Dwight Little because <laughs> his filmography is, you know, that's where we'd have to have Patrick Bromley on for that just to, to sing the praises. Oh yeah, you're, go, you're gonna have a legion of people who love Rapid Fire who are gonna come after you. I saw that for the first time this year. That movie and friggin' rules. It's so good. Oh my it's god. So good. It's it, I. Everybody goes for you know the crow mm-hmm. when they want to talk Ooh. about Brandon Lee, but for me, it's always been Rapid Fire because he, it 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 shows. Just it shows a different side and a different type of hero and, and what he's doing and it's it I, I love it. He's love charming as all get out in it and he's also rocking this straight up wonderful early nineties, mid nineties like the like shirt. The vest combo. <laughs> I, I I wore that kind of stuff back in the day. And then you got Powers Booth on top of that. Yes. It's so good. So <laughs> and, good. And at least like seven, eight if you thought that this was chock full. Of I know that person. Oh my I've God. seen that person. Yeah, Rapid Fire has has just like every other scene. Al Leong's mullet in that movie yes. is sad card worthy. <laughs> it's incredible. It is incredible. Um, but to to gear back into Halloween Four, uh, this is one that I I rented, so I didn't see it in the theater originally. But also technically, at that point in 1988, we now have multiple Nightmare on Elm Street films multiple Friday the 13th films. You have these slasher films that are coming out trying to start and launch these franchises. So Halloween 4, again, a lot going against it. Yeah. And yeah, you guys bringing the goods. Well, I, <laughs> the goods were broad, but did you guys, have you read about the, like, the canon version of Halloween 4 that was supposed to happen? There was a canon one? At one point, at one point, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had, uh, oh, yeah. We're in negotiations to put out a new Halloween film with Canon. Mm-hmm. And they went, it would sounded very interesting. It was like basically looking at the effects of Michael Myers on the town many years later. And then he comes back almost as like a spectral force in a way. 
which I was like, oh, that's interesting, the trauma of the town and what it manifests. But of course, they're like, nope, 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 nope. You know, give <laughs> we us need blood. <laughs> we need killing and violence. So, needless to say, that parted away with Cannon and found its home eventually uh, at uh, Anchor Bay. No, yeah, Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay. There we go. But imagine Halloween Four with the Cannon film logo at the beginning. That would be kind of slick. I would be all for that. I would so totally or, be all or, for that. Or instead of having the the Canon logo, you have the Canon logo carved into a pumpkin. Ooh. Ooh. Or Ooh. the Canon logo be orange, but that would look more almost along the lines of Halloween three. Well, then, then well, no, but that but that's what I'm saying is you don't even have the the logo and you just have it open up with with a pumpkin that's on there, and then you could you could do you know a couple other little graphics with it that are on other pumpkins Damn before it. having like. A pumpkin that has like somebody the, carves it or something, yeah. and, and, and like the the one right before the title card comes up just happens to have the mask carved into the side of the pumpkin, or or it, or the com- pumpkin the pumpkin has uh, the cannon logo on it, and it kind of goes in reverse instead of it coming together, and it opens it up, and there's the mask inside the pumpkin, like there the Michael know. Myers mask. And speaking of openings, oh, <laughs> speaking of openings. The opening of Halloween 4 is goddamn gorgeous. It is <laughs> almost the spirit of Halloween. It's what you think of when you think of autumn. That's mm-hmm. just it. It's not fall until you watch Halloween 4. It's the skyline, the the music, the, even the color on the font yeah. just makes it so Halloweeny. Yeah. And like the beginning of the guest actually calls mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. mind that whole thing, but it sets up so much and technically this is, I think, the first uh, Halloween film that doesn't have John Carpenter's score. This is all Alan Haworth at this yeah. point. Or is it Haworth or Haworth? Haworth? Haworth. I've always said Haworth. Alan H. Uh, Alan H., our man here. But I'm not going to lie. I do miss a little bit of some of the basic kind of structure of the score that mm-hmm. John Carpenter introduced. Because to me, mm. that is Halloween. Not saying that this one's bad, but it's different. The, I would like a little bit more dunt. See, that's that's something that's... I I think I like it because it's not overtly in that. And I think that's something that, as much as I love Carpenter's stuff, his his stuff should be his stuff. And you run into a a problem when people are are either continuing a series or they are remaking a series that they feel that it has to hit every single one of those beats. Like if John Carpenter comes back, like of course what he, he did with Halloween, mm-hmm. you understand that because that's him putting his, his finger on it. I think the one that comes up a lot that always sticks with me when it comes to uh, having something technically be in, in universe, oh, that's um, technically in universe, but also uh, a remake in a way or, or reboot is the Oh nine, to most recent Star Trek series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that had Michael Giacchino's in there mm-hmm. that that he has the bits where he does have some uh, of the of the themes in there but then he creates his own music that that's great and because he he takes that as a launching off point and makes it his own it becomes that and that's something that happens in I think some of the later Halloween movies that you can tell people are like oh, this is what John Carpenter did. We have to make it be more like that instead of taking it as an, a launching off point and creating something that's their own. Which, of course, I know it's a divisive thing, but it's it's something that that 
I, I appreciate as time goes on because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to copy John Carpenter. No, <laughs> no. Well, so what you're saying is, Adrian, is that a 40 year old white guy with a beard? I'm part of the problem. I get it. I get I it. I understand. Know. No, it's no. I, I and that. that perspective makes a lot of sense. I just think I still carry a lot of nostalgia for that original score. Oh, yeah, you can. How it plays with that. I need to give it a fair. It's one of those I probably need to pick up and just listen on its own mm-hmm. without the movie itself and just see how it plays. I, th- but, I think that's a case for something that I've always wanted. It's more like Blu-rays or even 4Ks nowadays that have isolated the, score tracks. Mm-hmm. Like I always get excited when there's a Blu-ray or you know now 4K that has that option so that you can listen to it. Because there's some movies that just watching the imagery and having the music with it transports you more because sometimes the dialogue's not always the best. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I mean, first and foremost, film is a visual medium. Yeah. And then you add it enhanced with the score. No, that's like, we mention it always, that is, the score's score. another character yeah. in the film. And so, it can make or break a film, of well, course. <laughs> and even at the at the very beginning, we we have, the for me, that first uh, Rick Dalton moment of that guy, <laughs> and it's the security guard. Yep. He, I remember him as the um, security guard from The Rock. Yes. That got caught. Uh, uh, Raymond O'Connor is his name. He also shows up in Backdraft. He's, he's that guy. And we'll get to that other, that guy there, genius. But he's got one of my favorite <laughs> lines of, Jesus has no pot of this place, lady. And anytime that you can like mention the absence of God in a facility, right? I'm all for that. It's just setting up. And technically, the exposition here at the very beginning you're going to have a lot of people that are coming into, even though it's Halloween 4, it's yeah. going to be their first Halloween film. So who gives us exposition? The security guard. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that. My man, this guy is crazy. Would you have preferred a previously on? <laughs> no, because I mean, we... I mean, that's we, a serious question, because well, I mean, sometimes I don't um, I don't mind previously. We, 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 we get that in a way that I've always really liked about this is, is um, because not only do you have the security guard, but then you've got the doctor. Too, who brings you into everything? Because of course, if you are somebody who's familiar with the series, you know you're wondering, well, what, what's going on with Loomis? And then at the same time, if you're not somebody who knows, then he gives you enough information about Loomis as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has has a great. Well, if Doctor Loomis read his messages, Looney Loomis. Well, and also the the security guard mentions that he shot him six, six times, times, which just <laughs> to this day, and anytime you hear it, six times. It's Pavlovian. It's horrible, horribly wonderful. Uh, but no, it also very much mimics, uh, mimics what we'd get with like Silence of the Lambs. So thankfully, we got no multiple MIGs in this one. It would have totally gotten us an X rating. There's Michael Myers. <laughs> would you shape me? Just putting on lipstick for the, because like, you know, it's an audio podcast. So <laughs> sometimes it's a theater of the mind, my friend. <laughs> no, but it basically establishes a number of things. And from the get go, the first question is, how are either Loomis or The Shape alive? Mm-hmm. They're following from part two, which, we, again, not a lot of people may not you know follow that much, but huge explosion. And for I know what John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, they're like, no, they're, they're dead. They're done. They're dead. We're done. Yeah. And ah, uh, 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 not so fast. <laughs> the Akkad swoop in and <laughs> breathe life into a franchise. And with Halloween 4, I even remember the trailer for this one. Oh. It's a classic. It's got the... Ten years ago on Halloween night, didn't list the atrocities of Halloween one and two, and then you break into the dun, 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 yes, dun, 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 and it's really funny. I was telling my dad all about the horror movie stuff that I do now, and he's like, "You were always terrified of horror, like Halloween especially." Like I know, but like 
I just kept, he's like, but you did always keep renting them. But I, he knew they always scared me. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm older now and they scare me in a different way. And I, he's always joking because he, he remembers the Halloween music just terrifying me, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, as a old man at this point, like it's, it's just followed me throughout. It's so good. So good. Uh, but would you say that this is a scary movie? Oh, absolutely. To me, I hope so. Yeah, I think what scares me about it, it's it's the terror, again, on Danielle Harris's face. Even to this day, the amount of fear and the fact that like he's chasing her and there's some well-crafted jump scares in there and like just a good feeling of dread, almost like the OG. <laughs> and almost. Almost. And uh, no, I think there's a, some really good scares. But again, it's... It's Danielle Harris that sells the fear. You know, the fact that, like, the rooftop scene is yeah. still tense. Well, in a, if a movie that is consists mostly of a kid's kid actor or performance, it could break you easily, and she enhanced this movie. She right. enhanced this franchise. I mean, she is ridiculously good. Her first feature film, by the way, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, part of what I think adds to the, the creepiness to it is the fact that Michael's a force, and that mm-hmm. and that's what you want, is is because he he has to be that force because he's that that he's a force of nature. He's exactly pure evil. Is, is and and that's what you want, and that's what you have in this film is that he, he's stalking around. I mean, there's a difference. You can make an argument, of course, between the the dream version that that Jamie sees early on, but from the second that Michael wakes up. He's he's on a warpath, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get in his way, and that's what you want from him. If he is the boogeyman, you can't stop him. You can only hope to survive him or find a way to to vanquish him. And the fact that he terrorizes Jamie before they even meet, you know, the fact that she's having the nightmare, she knows of the familial bond that oh. goes on, and, like, all the other kids at school know the bond that goes on. The so. worst kids Ever kids, kids in ter- horror movies are terrible. From throwing sand at Angela to like, I think it's a little bit worse outside of class to be like, "Oh, why don't you have a costume? Did your mommy not buy one?" No, she's dead. They always do that in these movies. They love to point out if someone is minus a parent, yeah, and it is oh or my God. or have fucked up parents. Son of a thousand maniacs, you know, or like. Shit like that. Well, your uncle, your uncle's the boogeyman. Boogeyman, uncle boogeyman. But it does kind of play into that specter of the past that follows her regardless. So, you know, she can be a straight A student, yeah. member of the honor society, but your uncle's still the boogeyman. Right. Well, I mean, unless, unless you get a sweet ass clown costume, because then. Then the kids who were making fun of you go, hey, look, it's Jamie Crothers. That's a really cool costume. Stick. <laughs> I did kind of like the parallel between the, the kid costume. <laughs> but we were talking off Mike, that kid that was making fun of Jamie doesn't deserve to wear that mask costume. Uh, he, was, he was not channeling his inner Matt Tracker. His inner Miles Mayhem. Most definitely. <laughs> well, that was, a, but the cruelty of the kids, that's, yeah. that's not uncommon like, right they don't have the filters they're the ones that will tell you the truth and again it's the force i mean that whole like familiar bond of, and and the kids you know again being tortured and terrorized before she's terrorized by uncle mike well and she's i, I think the part that works about it is she's terrorized with that she's got the kids but then even putting her morph in a susceptible state to you know just be fucking destroyed is the the home life and like the most crushing scene 
of the movie that has nothing to do with anybody being murdered. Oh, the prom nights where she's like, oh, I got to take care of like. Yeah. And she goes, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm sorry for ruining your life. And you're just like, oh. That made my heart oh. sink too. I'm like, oh, ho, ho, ho. We could have been married and I have a wonderful kids, but no, I have to babysit Jamie. Sorry, I ruined your life. And I'm like, ooh. Like, you're waiting for one of the parents to look at Rachel and be like, you're a piece of shit. Right? At least it didn't play like the curve their enthusiasm music after it. Sorry, I ruined your life. So, so how'd you talk with Jamie go? Pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> Opposite of Daniel Harris, we do have the <laughs> aforementioned Ellie Cornell playing Rachel, who, as we mentioned off mic, got it dirty in the part five. There. That's what I was going to say. She got it incredibly dirty in part five. There was and, there That was mean and unnecessary for part five, because you grow to like her, because yeah. even though Jamie ruined her life with prom, she still really <laughs> loved Jamie. Well, her, her call to action comes into play. I mean, she's got a hero's journey with this particular movie. Yeah. But I, I have to mention initially uh, the inclusion of Sasha Jensen, Another kind of Rick Dalton moment. Um, <laughs> you probably know him as the guy in um, the uh, overalls in Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. but also his eyebrows. My God, <laughs> garbage day! Like, Not quite. Did like Martin Landau and like um, uh, God? What's that one guy? Uh, Peter Gallagher get together <laughs> and because produ- they're beautiful, they're wonderful. Uh, Kathleen Kinmont in this Kathleen movie. Kathleen Kinmont. Being wonderful and like the Take sheriff's it. daughter, just like the the living up to all the jokes and like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, because she's pretty, but she's funny and she's like, but she gets it in a weird way in this one. Well, but you're t- you're also talking about a character who who could have easily been arrested by her father f- for deciding to, times. to to hand out candy only in a giant shirt. That says the sheriff's daughters do it by the book. book. <laughs> Not saying I appreciate the porky pig in it like that, but <laughs> I appreciate the porky pig in it. Like Guaranteed that. that kid in the mask costume like that affected him. I'll tell you what. Exactly. And if that was me and I was in that costume, I would have took it off change and like, and me, you know, what about me? And me, boss. And what about me? You know, just come around, have multiple costumes. Because yeah. it's not like the first time I've had I I mean I have actually had multiple costumes on Halloween to get more candy, but you know. But but I think that that goes back to just having all these you know well known bit part actors or character actors. I mean you've got them, of course you, you've got because we we skipped him earlier the doctor that that we were uh, talking about doctor I believe it's Hoffman, Hoffman. at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah. is of course most famously most people would know him as the 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 Russian. Um, yes, the Russian coach of oh one Ivan Drago. I just saw no that. shit. Yeah, and he's also and I just recently watched Graduation Day for the exactly. first time as well. And I was like, hey, it's the guy from Rocky Four. Holy shit, that's perfect. So and then and then of course in uh, when Doctor Loomis is trying to make it to Haddonfield. Oh 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 yes, you cannot forget <laughs> Carmine Flippy, <laughs> who is right up there. If if there was a Mount Rushmore of hobos and bums. Him and Buck Flowers would definitely be on there. If you don't know who he is, <laughs> you might remember him from such great films. 
<laughs> he's the one that got didn't he get eaten by the blob in the blob? Yep. And he also uh he was the boxcar hobo in Peavy's Big Adventure. The one where he was like flies in the buttermilk shoe flash shoe, flies in the buttermilk shoe flash shoe. Ah! He was that one. He so yes. Anytime he shows up, I escape from New York. Yeah, (laughs) professional. He he plays a bum in that too. Of course. Oh, so he and Buck Flower. Oh, dude, that was the peak of their like bum prowess. Hobosants. <laughs> or bumazants, yeah. It's literally just got it, it's just chock full of, of, of all uh, these people. Bo Star as Sheriff Meeker. Yes. One of my favorite performances in this movie. Mm-hmm. He feels real. He doesn't feel like a caricature that he could be. Like no, his, he's he's one of those he's up there with the oh god, I, I think he should be the sheriff, I believe, of um Friday the thirteenth uh six. Uh Sheriff uh oh my god, um Garrus. Yeah. But but the ones who who are like okay I actually have a knowledge yes. of what's going on because like the second that Loomis shows up you know Meeker's like no I know about you Doctor Loomis and just right away it's just like no we we don't need you to have a long scene explaining everything because I'm the sheriff of this town I know the history of this town and so I might while I might not believe you until I have the proof I'm still willing to 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 have a history of everything and then when the time comes that. Oh, things are going down that I'm not still not going to believe you like you have so many times nowadays that he's like, okay, uh, what you were saying was true. There's down, there's a fire. Okay, let's figure out what the fuck's going on. Well, but going to your point that he should not only should know the history of, of what's going on. He should know the history of Haddonfield and Loomis because Loomis brought <laughs> yeah. so much goddamn destruction. Oh, There's, yeah. He probably should still, they're probably still hurting financially from the civil action suit from the Tramers. Well, you, I <laughs> you mean, know you what could, I'm saying? So, like, it's, it's not like he's excited when, when he's, he's like, no, I'm, I know of you, Dr. Loomis. It's basically like, get out of my town. <laughs> if you're here, Bad stuff is going to happen. Pretty much, <laughs> and caused by Loomis. Oh, there's a there's a small child that's a problem too. Take her with you. Just just leave town. Uh, you would assume that they would have just excised anyone with like the Myers blood <laughs> bloodline. That being said, why in the fuck are they selling Michael Myers masks at the only hardware store in Haddonfield? <laughs> Wouldn't you think like, okay, maybe yeah, this is kind of a remember the Tramer accident? You know, maybe we don't want to start that again. I mean, also, it's, it's it's so smut, it's so much of a small town. No one stops him when he grabs the mask and then just walks out. No one's like, sir, 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 sir. It's policy we're, just to let him leave. We'll write exactly. up a report. We're a town of only 150 people. We've never seen <laughs> you before. Items can be replaced. People cannot. Well, but even before he got the mask, he goes to that little, um, the little station there and he picks up the overalls. Yes. One of the weirdest choices in production design history is in that diner. Where you get all the Abraham Lincoln yes. pictures? <laughs> what? It's, it's Illinois. It's Illinois. I that's guess that's true. Fair. Maybe that's maybe fair. maybe it's one of those like Lincoln slept here things. The you land know? of Lincoln. Because you know how like you know if you go eat anywhere in fucking Independence, you got Harry Truman looking at your ass while you're trying to chow down on some like yeah. fish and chips. I mean, what you so, didn't see like, was r- right underneath it was the children's play area that just had a whole bunch of Lincoln logs. Lincoln's a- oh, ah. <laughs> Boo! It's got like those Lincoln rides that you can ride. It looks like a McDonald's play place, but a little fucking instead they just put a top so top hat on the on the fucking Mayor McCheese. So, so it's, it's Lincoln Land. It's that Lincoln, would be pretty. Yeah, it's Lincoln Land. <clears throat> That'd be awesome. Animatronic Lincolns, four score and seven beers ago, you know, and just like hawking shit. <laughs> fucking maybe that's what Michael Myers should do. No, the only thing is you can't take Phoebe Cates. 
to Lincoln Land because it no, fucks her up. No, just 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 keep moving. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. This is why we need a Gremlins three because I need to figure out what <laughs> other random holiday has messed her up and she's experienced trauma. I was and... attacked by a gopher or, or a groundhog. You know. So. <laughs> oh no! I stay inside tomorrow because tomorrow's Arbor Day. Ooh. Oh, you don't know what happened during Arbor Day? Me and my friends went to a cabin in the woods, and it was terrible. We found a book in the basement, but uh, so like, <laughs> no, so anyway, <laughs> all that curiosity. So no, again about that diner. Not only is it weird, but I don't know if I would want to look right into a machine shop when I'm eating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some things I want separated. I mean, I don't, I don't mind looking into a kitchen, but looking past a kitchen and seeing like fucking whole tow trucks and shit being worked on i don't i see i think you're you're overthinking a little bit if you if you're stuck there you're gonna need something to eat because it doesn't look like there's other much around and grease yeah. for one works just yeah. as well for if, it's, if, it's, like, if it's like They're a truck stop mo- too that's you know. the thing the seasoned fries are cooked in motor oil that's <laughs> it's good enough for the car it's good enough for us we are multiple minutes into this and we have not talked about <laughs> the shape himself as portrayed by george p wilbur uh, and I do believe initially it was a uh, Tom. Uh, he had played a Jason before. Had actually uh, with the the bandages. Uh, yes, he actually portrayed an, uh, for a second as well. Uh, Tom Morgan. Okay. Uh, so you've got a couple of shapes in this one, but I've always felt like the mask itself isn't bad. It's definitely not the first one. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Um, but let me hold on. Technical difficulties. We got a gremlin in here. <laughs> it was that whole Phoebe Cates thing. That's what you get. You let him in. Okay, okay. Now, did you notice this time, and this was kind of not necessarily an urban legend thing. Okay. But did you ever see that cut to the off mask, since we're talking about the masks? When he's putting it on? No, when he throws Loomis through the window at the school, there's a shot of a mask, and it's got the pink face and the blonde hair. Oh. You only see it for a brief second, but apparently when they ordered all the masks, that's how they came in as. Okay. <laughs> they were wrong, and then they all had to like try to patch them up individually, which I think leads to kind of the... Again, it, I don't think it's the worst representation. It's I think part five is pretty rough. Part five Ooh. is the bad mask. <laughs> bad with the, mask with the flaps. Five. Oh, the, fl- yeah, the, the flaps. Yeah, the flaps. That's well, almost as bad as Captain America's ear. Well, his, I mean, hey. Almost for, as bad as Hartnett's hair in H2O. I, I was I, I was going to say, I, I think we can maybe cut, you know, Michael a little bit of, you know, slack because of the fact that he's recovering between number four and five, so there's a chance that he might, maybe he lost a bit of weight, you know, because he's just, just got the rats the that he's eating. The mess don't like it used to. <laughs> exactly. Getting old. Is, is that his Is that his uh, defense when they eventually crit? <laughs> that the masks don't fit, you must acquit? <laughs> there we go. Terrifying. O.J. Myers. I think there were actually a number of drafts that were written with, like, Michael Myers standing... For his crimes. Like the trial of yeah. Michael Myers. <laughs> the trial of Michael Myers. Yeah. That's the number seven we never got. I wouldn't mind it. Actually, I, this might be later on, but uh, I would have liked to have seen where this movie goes with the way it ended. I, as opposed to what we got in part five. Well, I mean, Danielle Harris is so good that I guarantee you she could have carried that performance into part five or part six, wherever, you know, mm-hmm. that it would have eventually gone. But no, they 
course correct as <laughs> it's always. Like a, it's like a whiff. As always. Because I would have loved to see like the Michael Myers story continue with Jamie, you yes, know? Yes. Just with her being a killer, an unstoppable mm-hmm. killer. I mean, even if it became a lather, rinse, repeat of Halloween, it'd still be something different. It'd still be something kind of cool. Well, and, and also, technically, isn't the revenge of Michael Myers from like movie one? Oh, yeah. It's been a revenge story from the get-go. <laughs> Or at least a call to action to murder and slaughter your entire family by randomness. Randomness. And, and speaking of like uh, murdering and slaughtering, let's go back to Kathleen Kinmon to get stabbed. Oh, how do you get stabbed by a gun? Oh, they died by a gun. Oh, they got shot. No, they got died by a gun. Blunt force trauma Blunt to force the gut to go through. Just oof. Well, I mean, we know the strength that he has from that that first murder that just sets you on edge right away with just. The thumb and the forehead just digging in too, and I mean it's not over an orderly eating again. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. That's the thing. <laughs> Orderlies and people who work over just eating over dead bodies get what they get. But I, I don't know why I noticed even more so, or maybe I just enjoyed it more because I hadn't watched the movie uh, in, in a couple of years. But the aftermath when the cops and everybody are showing up the carnage in the and just, uh, yeah not not just on the inside but on like the outside too so like it's a couple of those people survived got out and then he was bashing them along the outside like, oh no it. you don't yeah, but, <laughs> exactly well and it, that also is the probably the lesser forgotten like cop massacre scenes that we get uh have you watched malignant yet yeah okay I we were kind of literally loving that movie to death, but it's like, oh my god, I just love those like the cop slaughtering scenes because they're cop massacre scenes are dope. They're crazy because you're you're supposed to feel safe there. Like in the Terminator, yeah. we got over thirty cops in here. It's like, oh, no. yeah, yeah, oh no. So when you got to add that into it, it's perfect. And then when you get actually, you get the mob justice coming out there, <laughs> killing. You know, it's funny because the mob breaks off. Half of them go find uh, Michael Myers. The other yeah. half go finds a werewolf. <laughs> Fucking, you see Lawrence Tierney with his like peacemaker, bad, his peacemaker. Oh, yeah. I'm in the wrong movie, and then like runs out. I mean, they might not be the people that you're expecting, but the, at the same time, it's kind of nice to see. That them do that because they yeah. kn- they know the trauma of this town, and so you literally have people who band together who are like, no, we'll no, no, we're not letting this happen again. I mean, you fuck Michael Myers. Uh, we're uh, ending this shit tonight. <laughs> uh, of course, when we're recording this, it's it's pre uh, Halloween Kills, but I mean, and the trailers have there's... shown that there's people who are like, no, we're not letting this happen to this town. And while they've got it there, it was number four that first had that that mm-hmm. that rising up of people going. We can't let this destroy us. Question, would you go on in the angry mob to go hunt Michael Myers? Nope. No, I'm staying behind and having those free beers. <laughs> yeah, fuck no. I'm part of the damage control afterwards. <laughs> I'll mop up that afterwards. But yeah, no. Come on, you know what you're getting into. I might wait in the truck. I'm like, I'll leave it running. And if I hear bang, 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 and people freaking out, I'm like, okay, bye. You're hopping into the bed of the truck and, and, and oh, covering man. yourself up with a tarp. <laughs> and like, fucking, I'm over there. I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. That whole sequence, actually, of him hanging on the back of the truck was pretty rad. Yeah. Thanks actually... for the ride, Jamie. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Well, apparently the, the, the thumb and the forehead was done by the late, great John Carl Beekler. He oh, actually came nice. on and did a few of the gags at the very end there. Um, the rooftop scene definitely plays well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scary intense. That is kind of my favorite set piece with this one. That's a nice complimentary and about the only complimentary thing I can say of part five <laughs> is the dumbwaiter sequence. But she's been involved in just this these high-impact, dangerous-looking stuff. Yeah. It's just like... And apparently... 
had a ball on set. Everyone just loved and adored her. And I just, I'm happy to like, God, she did um the last Boy Scout, is she not? Or is that Eliza Duke shoe? No, no, that's no, her. That's, that's, her. that's her. Okay. And then uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. And then the, the best Rick Dalton point in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is when she shows up <laughs> as one of the pregnant Mans- Mans- Manson women. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's. And then Danielle Harris, uh, when she shows up in uh, House of Wax. Oh, it's, it's yeah. like, oh, Danielle Harris. It's the same thing with Stakeland. I forgot she was Stakeland, in Stakeland, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, she's always, always been a welcome presence from the get-go. Uh, the Sad Demise of Bucky, which always gets me, and was always the thing that actually freaked me out when watching this film, <laughs> was how that whole town went to dark in just yeah. the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that's always bothered and scared me with the Halloween films, is just being in the dark and just seeing the shape close in on you. Doomed. Uh, yeah, oh my God, Doomed. it's terrifying. It is terrifying Doomed. for me. Um, that's. I'm, are we missing any other major yeah. scenes? We well, I mean, not so much scenes, but Theme- I mean, we've, themes. we've talked about a character, but we haven't talked about the involvement of Donald Pleasance himself. True. True. Well, you know, it's uh, we he got... is grand in this movie because he's like unhinged yet subdued. Do it, Jamie. Jamie. Jamie, it's Michael. We need to go. But just like every time he's got the wheeze because he's just run into the room or somebody's mentioning Michael as a man. He's not a man. He's evil. He's the ambush listener. He's just waiting (laughs) for you to talk about the shape. And he's like, no, you're wrong. But did you say Michael? I shot him six times. While we're here, Sheriff, let's find out where Lonnie is at. You know what I'm just <laughs> This movie and the OG, I think, are about the only two times where Loomis gets to smile. And the first one, when he's messing with Lonnie, and you'll get your ass away from there. When he's fucking with the kid, and then the second time when he's having Sharon Hooch with the hobo. <laughs> my, 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 my favorite thing about Loomis as the series goes on is, 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 is when he gets the gun with a bigger clip. Is, you know that he's he's he's, he's, so he's going into like, it and he's he's like okay so how many bullets in here oh there's more than seven that should be enough more than six times he's just like I shot him fourteen times and still had one in the chamber but we don't know is the next time we see him in that trench coat just fucking full of clips like he's fucking Neo <laughs> just in the mage just guns everywhere guns are blazing I know kung fu. La 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 la. Like it's oh god no no no. I was like you said I know kung fu and uh, I'd, sadly my brain went to Buster. Trick, trick, well, trick or treat, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, who would imagine in 1988 that eventually you would get a hip hop star? And again in '88, they're going, what's hip hop in your Halloween movie? I mean, it's veered many different ways. Halloween H2O, sadly, was the very first one I actually saw in the theater. Oh. It took me a little while to get to it, um, but always just kind of worshipped them over that. And he becomes so unhinged at this film, like he's ready to pull his gun out on anything and anyone. <laughs> it's worse than five, but this is like the more, this, this is like, a, he's about to lose it. I yeah. think like. He, when, he, he, he takes at least one step into a room and then the gun's out. Yeah. So it's like Frank Reynolds, you know, it's just always. <laughs> so I come blasting. So I come blasting six times. 
And then the moment when the multiple Michaels all come out, and you could just see him like, okay, I've got multiple bullets. Let's do this. He got excited like fucking like, I've been waiting for this day for so long. Pop, 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 pop. And you just see him with arms out and just spinning in circles. And, and of course, sadly, the, the sheriff goes, well, this isn't the first time somebody's accidentally killed the wrong Michael in town. It's a... Oh. <laughs> and he just drives off. <laughs> I must teach someone how to be evil in steel dune buggies. If you haven't watched it yet, ladies and gentlemen, it's on YouTube <laughs> right now. Watch out, we're mad. It's Donald Pleasance in a role that uh, he had to be having a blast. Yeah, he, he was. Because he got all those Sundays, too. <laughs> Have a hot dog and beer eating contest. Uh, Donald Pleasance, of course. I mean, and no, he is great in this. And he, like, as. He adds gravitas, quote unquote, but at the same time, he, he knows where the franchise is going at this point. But at the same time, he does like he gives it his all. That's for fucking yeah. sure. But he really, I think, like this one, it's more apparent of their symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it, it's more apparent. It's that Michael is the Batman to his Joker, or vice versa, because like. He's come out of retirement to fucking hunt Michael Myers. He's like, I'm back, baby, and just like, give me a give me a manic. I'm too old for this, and give me a calm. I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this. This is good. I've got like my weird Donald Pleasance, you know, makeshift soundboard. <laughs> well, and it also works with the relationship that he has with with the Jamie. Uh-huh. You know, it's is that he. Of course, he just instinctually knows <laughs> that, that, that's, that that's why Michael's there. But then he also has this honor-bound sense of duty to, towards her. You know, even more than than stopping Michael, it's you know wanting to to save her and, and the battle for her soul, which is what makes you know that that scream at the end oh. that much more more crushing because he he knows that w- once again somebody's life is basically destroyed because I wasn't able to. To stop this evil force. Until he, and he is all about saving her life until he fucking pulls out his gun and starts trying to blast her. Just <laughs> the succession of the nose and just the wilder they get, the now, now, now. <laughs> Goddamn Loomis. It's glorious in its lunacy. Uh, but that's kind of the, the lunacy. Lunacy. How do you how do you guys feel about that that turn? At the end, in that final scene, I love it. I love it. Jamie, I think, yeah. I think that's where this oh, should yeah, have no, gone. Me yeah. too. I am so agree that this should have gone to the Jamie. Jamie, uh, and she's a she's an actor that could have carried it. She yeah. could have been terrifying. She could still be doing fucking Halloween movies today. Yeah, I mean, you could. <laughs> I mean, she has well, technically. But, I yeah. mean, yeah, but I mean, they could have waited a, a couple of years. I, th- I think that was one of the things that that holds five back is the rush production and the fact mm. that it comes out just directly after. Because they're willing, of course, in the next one to jump forward a couple of years. So if you'd waited a couple of years and had her age up a little bit, do you think they would have gone with that? Or is it because of the fact that after what happened with, with number three, that uh, Mustafa, uh, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce Mustafa Akkad, that, that, that Michael was the key. Well, and then the fact Heller that this movie water. made money, it made a lot of money, yeah. that immediately they, oh yeah, let's green light a sequel, let's get it going. And I think the biggest problem that we have in part five is the fact that the writers in part five set up that whole man in black thing. And it never went anywhere. The cult of Thorn. Yeah, they didn't the know the payoff. Thorn. And yeah. they, they're just, you guys in part six, you know, the guy that wrote Heathers is going to take care of us here. We're fine. Crazy enough how that works. And again, <laughs> just how everyone weaved in and out of that. Um, 
I don't know. Just having re- watched the original OG in the 2018, mm-hmm. I do think this one would play kind of decently in between them if you wanted to do like a triple feature. Because like I said, you get some of the 80s aesthetic in this, but it's not over gratuitous. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't, I think there's less nudity in this one than there is in the first one yeah. Yeah. for the most part. Uh-huh. So it still feels like a Halloween movie, but it feels like a Halloween movie in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um God, what some of the other even some I'm trying to think of just like the standout kills. Really, Kathleen Kinmon's I think is kind of the standout with mm-hmm. that. Um, I've oh, I did enjoy the destruction of the diner. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the reveal, the <laughs> real reveal, explosions, the real, the reveal of the uh, chaos in the scene. This was a lot of like aftermath reveal. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It worked. Well, and it's probably saved a little bit of money, mm-hmm. which is good. But also let your imagination do the work. It's it's the shape. It's Michael Myers. Yeah. It's, I mean, you were you were mentioning 2018, and there's the the early effective part in their um, gas station part that feels mm-hmm. kind of like it's it's a more gruesome callback to it. Yep. But when when you you've got the the podcaster who's outside and he's knocking on it and you you see the reveal of the guy's face that he's not just dead but just how his jaw oh. has just been destroyed and that you know it, it's the same type of thing and that you've got Loomis and this and then he looks behind the counter and is like oh no. It works really well. I'm I'm a I'm a proponent of the 2018 version. I'm really I'm hoping Halloween Kills is good. <laughs> I'm going in with low expectations to try to be satiated, but uh, we'll see. We'll it's a see. it's a part two, so you never know. It's a part two. I mean, but that's the plus at the same time is that if if there's any missteps sure. in Halloween Kills, then then of course you've got Halloween ends. <sighs> We right around the corner. So. It's not going to end. It's just well, but I mean on. this this chapter of it, you know, no, so. yeah, until it's rebooted again. How this Halloween ends? <sighs> you know what? They can do all they want. The OG still exists. Part four still exists. All of them still exist. Yeah, and guaranteed. They're everyone's someone. Um, you know what? Maybe someday we will get our like Jamie Lloyd timeline. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Call back to it. And oh yeah, actually, it would be Halloween. Like Jamie or Halloween, <laughs> like one of those legacy sequels. Yeah, exactly. Well, is it a? Oh, they, they actually with the way that they title stuff nowadays, it would be it would be Jamie, uh, the legacy of of the Myers or something like that, or the legacy of Michael Myers. Yeah, well, you may not necessarily know it's a Halloween film, but yeah. it's like, wait a minute, what is this? And pretty, I I could see that actually. Oh, if it was like a secret. Secret yeah. surprise, like Halloween oh, just, yeah, sequel. Just, call it, it's call like it, it just you just see Daniel Harris going around killing people, doing things, and then and like just, at the end, it's like Jamie way, Lloyd. Yeah. And then, you know, but it could be one of those where it just goes by Jamie until it's actually released in theaters, and you have Jamie come across, and then uh, underneath it is when the subtitle comes. You know, for for like the legacy of Michael Myers, and that's when everybody's like, oh, just like of course when they first showed. Um, the Blair Witch uh, at Comic Con re- remake yeah. sequel continuation was just called The Woods, yep. and then after it came out, everybody's like, "This Wait. is a Blair Witch movie," and they're like, "Well, cat's out of the bag now. We have to." Did you ever watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I want. I, I apparently I need to listen to it for the commentary track because I guess Wingard and Barrett are very. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for the two of them, of yeah. course. And I think that's why so many people jumped on it. But yeah, yeah. Did you watch that one? No. Yeah, I still need it, and I've seen that for me. It's and I've seen that. Uh, so, final <laughs> thoughts here as we wrap up on Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. I really enjoy it. I think it's one of the stronger entries, especially. It's one of the better ones, especially for the later sequels. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, oh, all sequels are stupid, and like, no, I think the, the Part Four is just stand up there with all, one of the better ones. Yeah, I do think it's one of the better sequels. I'm, like I said earlier, I've got a special place 
in my heart for it. There's something about it that works in that time period in, in the 80s. It's not pushing over the top too much. It's mm-hmm. not going, you know, too much for laughs. It's got a really good balance of everything that it's trying to do. It's it's clean and effective in the way that it's mm-hmm. that it's made. Uh, while it might not do anything too outside the box, you you kind of want that for for you know the return. You you want that it, soft reboot exactly because mm-hmm. I mean it, it it continues the world. It, it's got good characters that that you're interested in throughout it. I mean you've got that arc that Rachel has throughout it, so that when she just plows into Michael, you're like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest shotgun imaginable that the sheriff has, yeah. the one person cannon. His, his tack shotgun that he's just like, kabam. Tack. So where can our listeners find you out on at Horrorversary or anywhere on the social medias there, Adrian? Yeah, on, on Twitter, at Horrorversary is where you can find the podcast. We're actually getting ready to uh, come back for another, I guess, season is what I call it. I normally, when I'm doing any seasons, I, I, I keep it kind of like the change in television when everybody else was doing, you know, an episode every week or every other week. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's set aside like trying to do 12 <laughs> in a year so I can feel more comfortable. But I've got uh, a lineup. I've got four initial podcasts for this uh, series that I'm going to be calling Dastardly Duos that's focusing on on podcasters and everything because, well, it's easy for one person, you know, to choose a film and, and come on to have two people collectively decide this is a movie that I absolutely love and want to gush about, you know. Doing that, you can find me um, on Twitter myself at Yo Adrian Tours. It's always appreciated, man. Well, sincerely, sincerely, me. of course, of course. Now I was waiting for like more laundry list of goodies, man, because you're like fucking rad. You're everywhere. Well, I, I mean, no, I'm, we're trying. You know, there's lots of stuff that's you know come getting to come out in theaters and stuff. So writing will, will will be there. You know, it's just depending upon the year and 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 what moves you and stuff. So I don't want to I don't want to overload people with stuff, but horrorversary with. The people that I've got coming back, which in course includes you gentlemen Woo-hoo. that are in there. And it's so the the first four set that I have, I'm really excited for because they're they're really good podcasts and podcasters that I, I think that everybody's gonna really enjoy. And the, the films that are being selected have me just have me giddy to talk about them. So it's it's nice. I, I took a break, you know, with everything that happened uh last year. Certainly. And I recorded yeah. a whole bunch you know, at the beginning, and was like, I need to take a break. So now getting back into it again is, is going to be lots of fun. Well, it's one of my favorite shows because of the genuine enthusiasm and the love that you guys bring into every single, you know, film and episode. So well, thank you. Make sure you're checking that out. Now, uh, our tour of Haddonfield continues next <laughs> week. Uh, we're going uh, technically a few years, in this case, 1998. And we do have a special guest lined up. Now, of course, I don't want to jinx it. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to listen in to find out who that is. Charlie, we're going to do some work, some Charlie work here in a minute. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Six times. Now, now, now. Yeah.